Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. The barbaric October 7th assault on Israel by Hamas delayed God's work in Jerusalem. It has been stunning and sobering to see the gruesome aftermath of that terrorist attack and even to see the entire world turn against the Jews, it seems. And there are widespread ramifications to such an attack. We were supposed to host an archaeological exhibit here in Edmond, Oklahoma at Armstrong Auditorium to prove not only the existence of the kingdom of King David and Solomon, but also that this kingdom was monumental. It was powerful. It was impressive. Not just some random nomadic tribe. So this exhibit was supposed to take place end of 2023. And because of the outbreak of war in Israel, the exhibit has been postponed until hopefully February 25th. Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Fleury wrote a co-worker letter on November 9th. And he said, the purpose of this exhibit is to showcase the scientific and historic evidence proving that the kingdom of David and Solomon was monumental and impressive, just as the Bible describes. It's hard to believe, but this has never been done before. No historian or archaeologist, no institution or university has ever worked to prove this historical truth. There is no book, website, or documentary that brings together and presents all the evidence of a 10th century BC monumental Israelite kingdom. This presents an incredible opportunity for God's church. Now, the way things worked out in Israel with that gruesome, bloody attack, it actually might, in a strange way, uh, work out. Because with the delay for the exhibit, it gives us more time to prepare more thoroughly. Now, we never want to see atrocities like that take place, but certainly getting that exhibit done by the end of the year was a huge challenge. And the reason why that attack would delay the exhibit is because a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people in Israel are being called into duty to fight. A lot of universities like Hebrew university might even be practically empty right now where we would hope to maybe get some of those artifacts a lot of people that would be working to ship the artifacts over to us across the Atlantic Ocean, 
probably not at their regular jobs right now. So it does slow things down. However, it does give us more time to prepare. That's the sliver of positivity from all this. Mr. Flurry explains how this exhibit in the lobby of Armstrong Auditorium here on the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus in Oklahoma will feature 40 to 45 artifacts, including the world premiere of the Ophel inscription. We're also trying to get a massive Phoenician-style capital, which I believe weighs about one ton, <laughs> so a couple thousand pounds. And a capital is basically the stone on top of a pillar. This exhibit will be interactive. It will include an original painting of Solomon's Temple. There will be two large custom-made models, one showing the borders of the large kingdom of Israel and the other model showing Jerusalem at the time of King David. There will be a life-size replica of part of King Solomon's palace with walls over 20 feet high. So I think we're going to fit that in the lobby. That's pretty exciting. And there will also be a life-size diorama of a section of King David's palace. There will even be virtual reality headsets available for a virtual tour of ancient Jerusalem. So really, this exhibit is an extremely exciting upcoming event in God's work. Now, from what I've heard, people in the art department here are really going out of their way to learn new skills to prepare for an exhibit like this. Even using a 3D printer for some of these layouts. And so certainly a lot of uncharted waters here. Now, at the same time we're having this exhibit, as Mr. Flurry explains in this November 9th coworker letter, we also have three other important Jerusalem-related projects. There will be a special issue of the Let the Stone Speak magazine. It's the November 2023, February 2024 issue. That issue will be about 80 to 100 pages long, and it will also serve as the exhibit brochure. So that's a lot of work, a lot of writing about a lot of ancient discoveries proving the Bible true. On top of that, there will be a documentary about King David, the kingdom of David and Solomon discovered. That documentary will be based on the large special issue of Let the Stone Speak. And then finally, there will be a large book that presents the history of ancient Jerusalem from a biblical, historic, and archaeological perspective. Mr. Flurry writes, the book will cover Jerusalem's history from Abraham through to Ezra and the Second Temple. It will be very visual, like an atlas, with plenty of beautiful maps, photos, timelines, and illustrations. It will also feature the numerous archaeological finds and excavations that support the biblical record. Finally, it will present the biblical history around Jerusalem, all the major periods and events, stories and personalities, alongside the archaeology, maps, timelines, and illustrations. There are a handful of great books about ancient Jerusalem, but nothing quite like this book. 
Mr. Flurry continues, though the exhibit and some archaeology-related projects in Israel are delayed, God is keeping our institute staff and art department busy. These are ambitious projects, but they are crucial to our commission to deliver Isaiah's Behold Your God message to Judah. As the world turns against the Jews, the Jewish nation and people need this message more than ever. It is quite plain for anyone to see that God's work today through the Philadelphia Church of God is quite preoccupied with Jerusalem. We put a a heavy focus on Jerusalem. Now, the reason why is because God the Father, the eternal God, has chosen Jerusalem Mr. Flurry has written a book by that title, The Eternal Has Chosen Jerusalem. You can get yourself a free copy at thetrumpet.com. The Eternal Has Chosen Jerusalem. This statement is based on passages like Psalm 132 and Zechariah 3. Out of all the cities on earth, God has chosen Jerusalem. It is a special city to him. Therefore, it should be special to us. Mr. Flurry writes on page 119 of The Eternal Has Chosen Jerusalem, We participate in this archaeological project with this vision in our minds. Christ is trying to get all of us to focus on his return and our rule with him. The most awesome temple in history is about to be built. It will be built on the exact place where the other two temples were built. We want to show the Jews and other nations of biblical Israel where that is. We must give them this hope. People need a new picture of the Ezekiel temple and the Jerusalem that Christ is about to establish. God wants us to declare the temple to give the nations of biblical Israel the inspiration and hope they need just before the greatest trouble any nation has ever experienced. So we go right back to that theme of providing hope. Pointing out the location of the ancient temples built by King Solomon, built by Zerubbabel. Well, that actually gives us hope because a future temple described in the book of Ezekiel will be built in the same location. We will see a temple that far surpasses those first two very soon. And so we are showing the world this is where that majestic Ezekiel temple will be located. The headquarters of the entire world tomorrow under Jesus Christ. Page 119 of The Eternal Has Chosen Jerusalem, Mr. Flurry writes, We have to declare Ezekiel's temple and its exact dimensions. That means first etching this picture in our minds so vividly that we are greatly inspired and able to convey our hope to the world. We must make the world tomorrow real. It is almost here. The Messiah is coming. We must get ready. Already, God is laying plans for a building where Christ's headquarters will be for 1,000 years. And that is only the beginning of the God family's rule of the universe from Jerusalem forever. 
I would say <laughs> that's pretty strong justification for God's work to focus on Jerusalem, providing hope to mankind, providing vision of that glorious future. Galatians 4 actually shows how Jerusalem's not just a physical city. There is a spiritual Jerusalem as well. Sometimes in the Bible, when it's talking about Jerusalem, it's actually talking about God's church. But there's also a new Jerusalem, another city, a spiritual city that will come down from heaven after the millennium. And God will come down at that time as well. But notice Galatians 4, verse 26 says, But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. That's talking about spiritual Jerusalem. That is really where God dwells. We look to God for guidance in this life. And soon we'll actually see New Jerusalem come down to this earth. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 2 show this vision. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 2. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adored for her husband. Mr. Flurry comments on page 124 of the Eternal Has Chosen Jerusalem. This is the city from which God the Father will rule the universe with his family. There is a vision here that God wants us to get. You need to see everything through this prism. The vision of New Jerusalem. Really, all of the archaeological work, the work focused on Jerusalem today points to New Jerusalem. Now, as Mr. Fleury brings out in this November 9th coworker letter, it is extremely important for all of us to pray hard about these various projects in God's work. Mr. Fleury says, pray for the health and energy of artists and editors, pray for creative inspiration Pray for the technology and that all the building, creating, and editing will go efficiently and effectively. Pray that the staff can produce the highest quality work possible, especially with tight time constraints. Pray for the authorities in Israel, the shipping company, and that God would bless all the details surrounding the preparation and delivery of the artifacts. Please pray specifically that God would give us the massive Phoenician-style capital found in the city of David. He goes on to talk about how we need some miracles even to get the exhibit going by February 25th. So even that delayed date for the exhibit is going to be a challenge to meet. We need the artifacts to arrive here safely. What a disaster it would be if something happened to those artifacts on the way over here. And we know that God needs to oversee the safe passage of those artifacts. Mr. Flurry says, please pray too about the exhibit opening and any activities 
guest speakers, special presentations or performances we might have. I noticed about this coworker letter in particular, there seemed to be even an extra amount of prayer requests in this letter. And it does show the importance of our prayers in God's work. I've quoted this article before. This is called My To-Do List. My To-Do List from the Philadelphia News of November, December 2004, written by the late Mr. Alex Harrison. Mr. Harrison writes, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. How can we pray without ceasing? Or pray without losing heart? Or pray continually? If we are not able to sustain 10 or so minutes of earnest supplication before our minds go completely dry, the answer is simple. Plan your prayers. So the point of this article is to show us the importance of a prayer list. We often ask the question, if God's work was dependent on your prayers alone, how would things be going? What would be the progress of God's work if it all came down to just your prayers? Are we all doing our part? This is perhaps the most important thing any of us can do to support God's work. Mr. Harrison writes, The solution is a simple one, yet ignored by many. Ponder what to pray about. Make a prayer list as you see a need or hear of a problem. Write it down. Put your list in front of you when your prayer time comes. Your prayers are important to you and God, and they deserve to be properly planned. Now, like I said, this November 9th coworker letter by Mr. Flurry has a lot of specific prayer requests. I've actually made a prayer list on my iPad so I can type out or copy and paste certain things from different articles whenever we're asked to pray for something. And I can put that request straight into this document on my iPad. And it, it really does help a lot to have that specific request right in front of me when it's time to pray. Now, we all maybe could have different methods of compiling or preparing a prayer list. Obviously, writing it out by hand is a good option as well. But I have noticed with the iPad taking advantage of technology for a useful purpose that it's a lot easier to update the prayer list when all you have to do sometimes is just copy and paste the text digitally instead of writing it out word for word. And then when the prayer request is fulfilled or it has expired, all you have to do is select the text and delete it from the prayer list. But it's something that can always be updated based on current events, based on what is happening in the work or in the lives of others or in our own lives. Very easy to update a prayer list digitally. Mr. Harrison writes here in this article, my to-do list, making a prayer list will force you to think about the needs of others, of your needs, and the needs of God's work and God's church. This will ensure that when prayer time comes, you will focus on the important things, 
your list will serve as an automatic memory. Now, we want to be careful not to maybe recite the same prayer word for word all the time. That's certainly not what God wants. It's supposed to be a conversation with God. It's supposed to try to flow naturally. But having that list gives us the topics that we need to focus on in prayer. Now, we're very blessed because Jesus Christ himself provided us with a prayer outline, which can be found in Matthew chapter 6. And we have a free book for you available at thetrumpet.com that expounds on Jesus Christ's prayer outline. This book is titled How to Pray. Again, you can get a free copy at thetrumpet.com. And it really does provide us with a framework for prayer. The third section within this prayer outlined by Christ says, Thy will be done. Matthew 6, verse 10. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This book, How to Pray, expounds on the thy will be done portion of our prayers. Really, thy will be done, that's only happening on earth through God's work today, through God's church today. Only God's church has Jesus Christ as the head and is carrying out God's will. So really, we're praying for God's work and God's church in this section of our prayers. Page 75 of How to Pray says, This part of our prayer should focus on praying for the many varied activities and programs of God's church, especially activities that revolve around proclaiming the good news of the coming kingdom of God. God's work needs many open doors to fulfill its commission. We should pray that God would open those doors for his work to be done. God's work is urgent. It needs to be as effective as possible to hasten Christ's return and end all the human misery and suffering we see on earth today. By praying for God's work, we become more big-minded in our perspective and get our minds off our own day-to-day -day problems, which are generally of little importance by comparison. This is a vital part of our support of God's work. And we've been given a lot of specific things by Mr. Flurry to pray about in the latest coworker letter, praying about the upcoming archaeological exhibit, hopefully on February 25th, praying about the special issue of Let the Stone Speak, which is going to be about 80 to 100 pages and serve as the brochure to that exhibit. Then we also have the documentary about the kingdom of David and Solomon discovered. And then a book about the history of Jerusalem, unlike any book on that subject ever. What, an, what a blessing to pray for God's work. Notice this amazing passage, Isaiah 56, verses 6 and 7. It says here, about those of any nation or race who join themselves to the eternal to serve him and to love the name of the eternal, to be his servants. Everyone that keeps the Sabbath from polluting it and takes hold of my covenant. So you see God's plan here includes all mankind. 
Anyone who wants to obey God of any nation or race, Isaiah 56 goes on here. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain, talking about God's headquarters in Jerusalem, and make them joyful in my house of prayer, their spiritual burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. We can become part of God's house of prayer. Even today, even before the world tomorrow, even before new Jerusalem, God really values our prayers and we need to pray hard about all these projects and God's work related to Jerusalem. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.